0: Welcome to Let's Talk, hosted by David B. Plemons CPA, Inc. Here, we will focus on the struggle, the juggle, and everyday hustle of small business. We will be here weekly talking to small business owners about their everyday struggles. We welcome your questions and comments, so feel free to email us at admin at We hope you enjoy, and above all, we hope it helps.
1: Well, hello and welcome. We want to thank you for joining us today. My name is Thalia Williams, and I am the marketing concierge for David B. Plemons CPA. Today on our show, we have Mr. Richard Tovar, director, founder, owner, CEO, guru of Labor on Demand. Welcome, Richard. How are you?
2: Doing really well. Thank you.
1: Excellent. So give us an idea a little bit about your business. How long you been in business?
2: Well, actually, I'm the business development a specialist mm. for labor and man. It actually belongs to my sister. Okay. Who started this business in 2003. Mm. And it's very interesting that you said labor and man because three years ago on a suggestion of the SBA, we changed we went with a DBA and now we're recognized as LOD Resource Group.
1: LOD Resource Group.
2: So that is a tidbit uh, small businesses might want to take in that we were having difficulty procuring a federal contract. Mm. And I did everything they asked me to do, followed through, did presentations with no success. Went back to the SBA and said, What am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. They said, Nothing, it's your name. The business name is not what the government's looking for. They feel wow. like you're a labor company, and that's not what the government looks for.
1: Interesting.
2: Is that something?
1: Right, something as simple as your name.
2: Simple as a name.
1: Wow. So we're going to talk a little bit about that journey. How you managed to find the new name, in order to be more acceptable to your federal contracting. So now, how long have you been in business? How long has you and your you and your sister been in business?
2: So uh, labor and demand, no uh, LOD Research Group's been yeah. in business for seventeen years. Nice. She and uh, her husband started this business in two thousand three, March mm-hmm. two thousand three, mm-hmm. and uh, we have been uh, very blessed to be successful. Found a lot of success mm-hmm. with. Uh, commercial, educational, and city government, and now federal government.
1: So why this particular service?
2: My sister and, uh, well, a little tidbit of our families, we grew up in a very uh, uh, poor neighborhood. And so we were, uh, when we were young, we really struggled. And of course, for many reasons, but uh, we always felt like we were fortunate, very blessed to have people help us. And that's why when I talk to folks, I say, you can't do it alone. You always have to have someone helping you. If those folks have said, I don't need no help, well, you're going to struggle. Because without a helping hand, you can't do it. You do need help.
1: Yeah, you're not an island unto yourself.
2: You're not. And so one of the things that she did was when she decided to open a company was her mission statement was to provide career opportunities for the people, the communities we work in, specifically San Antonio. And uh, one of the things we did, well, she did, was open uh, the office on Culebra Road right in the middle of the west side where we grew up and basically I still have that office there and I actually have now bought property so we can build a building right off of Culebra and stay in the neighborhood.
1: That's nice because she had a vision yes. for her company. Yes, ma'am. She knowing that she wanted to help those in the community where she was raised correct, and, to make a difference.
2: And actually with uh, op- career opportunities, not just jobs. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say that in, in that they want to have a career opportunity where there's growth and, of course, benefits and all of the great things that come with the career versus just uh, a temporary position. And I know that for we started off as a temporary uh, staffing agency. Mm-hmm. And we have evolved into where we are now as LOD Resource Group, a human resource management organization. Uh, And we provide right around 400 plus jobs, uh, full-time positions on a daily basis for the community of San Antonio.
1: Wow. Because when we met, it was labor on demand.
2: Labor on demand.
1: And then, like you said, you evolved because of the fact of applying for those particular contracts. You weren't attractive enough for the federal government to say, hey, we want to do this, or we want to partner with you, or we want to give you this contract. So what have been some of the challenges you've had in running your business? Naming your business was one, obviously.
2: Correct. Well, I joined my sister's organization uh, in 2008, and she had lost one of her largest clients Mm -hmm. and said, "Oh, you know, I have everything invested in this company, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And I had been offered a position in Stone Oak as their marketing director and so at that point she says i really could use your help well i decided even though it's family you know how that goes uh to join her Mm -hmm. and uh she said you know you know based on when we had dinner and we discussed things and i said i will go after government and you continue with the commercial and she said that's exactly what i want you to do is go other business because it's one of the things that you always hear people say is you know, don't keep all your eggs in one basket. You know? Make sure you have uh, multiple opportunities out there. And so I immediately decided to go after uh, government uh, contracts, including, and first and foremost, uh, city government. Mm-hmm. And so going through that, I realized that the city, um, like most agencies when I joined, did not have small business programs. They were, they had them, but they weren't really working them. And small business organizations were struggling, Mm -hmm. not being given opportunities. We were fortunate that when uh, the city decided to do a study, I uh, decided they were, city council said, you know what, we're going to allow you to speak. Well, I took the microphone and I basically told them what I thought about the programs. And I said, I may never get a contract with the city, but I'm going to let you know because Unlike very small businesses, we're very fortunate to have business and I need to, to speak on behalf of small businesses and say, literally, that we don't believe you're giving us the right opportunity. Wow. And so, uh, if if you're aware, the city listened. city has a great small business program.
1: That they do now.
2: And they do. And I believe they're one of the few in the nation who really do it as well as they do. Okay. And wow. Wow. So- Yes, the challenge was overcome with actually the city listening.
1: That's true, because any political base is challenging because the mere citizen, unless they go to the polls to vote, aren't always able to access to get the ears of city council. Correct.
2: And and, and the great thing is, and I think some of the things that small businesses struggle with, Feeling that once they get the certification, the small business certifications, whether it be in the woman owned minority, better known, you know, the various uh, uh swimby certifications that are out there, is that just because they got certified that they're automatically going to get a contract? Not so. And and you spoke to the name change. Mm-hmm. Well, we were laboring the man when we got our first city contract with the city of San Antonio, but that's after I actually had proposed once before and failed. Mm. And unlike many folks, I did go and ask why mm-hmm. tell me what i what could I have done to improve the pro- you know the opportunities? Well, that came a year later when the city held that meeting oh. on the disparity study mm-hmm. and I was able to speak to it, and I was able to tell them was, "You know, I don't feel we were given an equal opportunity because my past performance I felt was very strong. It actually included three school districts. Yeah. Not including commercial. Then they basically said, so basically we go with best value. Lessons learned. Best value told me that I had to learn how to, what everybody says, separate ourselves from every other agency. What makes us a stronger, better agency to work with than just every other agency? And in San Antonio, I believe there's probably over close to a 1,000 uh, staff in human resource management organizations. And so at that point, I said, you know what? Okay, good. Lessons learned. You know, uh, I grew up. I'm Hispanic. And in the, the, the in our race, there's always, you always see people say, y uh, el pilon. Mm. And the pilon means the extra. The what extra. are you doing that's extra? That's going to give me, that makes me want to work with you or be with you. Mm. And so at that point, I said, okay. Every time I wrote a proposal again, I added the pillow. Mm. What set us apart? A value that was valuable to the client. And working with city government, small businesses in general feel like there's nothing we can give them because they're so big to have it all. The city, state, federal government. You know, what can we do as a small business to help them? Well, there's a lot. True. There's a lot. And, and and that's what they need to learn is that it's not really so much. Um, and I always tell my staff, sales staff what you need to do is understand it is not about you. And when you learn that concept, you become better at understanding the client really well. And you learn how you can be of a benefit.
1: True. Very true. So why do you persist? Why do you? What drives you to keep going?
2: Our uh, slogan is uh, the... Right job for the right person at the right time. We are very fortunate to be giving back to our community. Uh, We teach at San Antonio Housing Authority for the residents there. We teach at the colleges, at the universities, and it's about workforce development. And you understand as you start to speak to the young folks and to the uh, folks who grew up in poverty and have struggles to get out of that, that there's still a lot of work to be done and there's a lot that we can do. Mm -hmm. And so uh, uh, I always share with my staff that as long as I help one person today and I lay my head down tonight, I'm going to sleep well. But the goal is for us as an organization is to help as many as we can Mm -hmm. and to help them to get out of that poverty and help them to get that career opportunity and the education they need, the training they need to help them get there. And so our, our drive is always to be able to say, what, can we, what else can we provide to our, our community to help them be successful?
1: Gotcha. Well, you seem to be very well positioned being in the business of business for 17 years. So you're able to make an impact. And as you proceed, you're finding your vision getting crisper, clearer, sharper now, isn't it? Definitely. Definitely, that's good. So how critical is support to you? I mean, I hear that you came on board a few years after your sister had developed a business and got it going, and then she became challenged. So how critical is support for you, family support, uh, municipal support, agency support?
2: Support is very important. As I stated earlier, uh, no one does it alone. Mm -hmm. And for those who think they can, that's why they struggle. The best thing to do, and and one of the things you hear in city, state, and federal government is that's the key word today is teaming, Mm -hmm. teaming, teaming, teaming. But it starts with the support from your own uh, ownership. You know, in this case, uh, my ownership has always said, okay, you know, do what you need to do. We know you're out there working, but uh, you have all our support. Go after it. Get get what you can. And... uh, So one of the things that uh, I learned early on is communication, 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 and that's one of the soft skills that we tell the students that they have to learn really well is communication. So if you communicate well, you're able to not only keep ownership involved with everything you're doing, but you really are able to communicate with the support that's out there. We've never not taken advantage of support. The SBA, tac City San Antonio Small Business, every organization, uh, the State of Texas help Program, every one of those folks I've always reached out to. I've always said, tell me how I help me. Help you,
1: yes. Help me, you know. So what does PTAC stand for, just a little bit? Oh, sorry,
2: PTAC is a Procurement Technical uh, Assistance Center. And so they are really, uh, they're, so, uh, sponsored by the Department of Defense, I want to say, and they help small businesses in the federal uh, realm.
1: Mm-hmm. Free of charge.
2: Free of charge. Free of As they charge. always like to say, it's prepaid. Right. <laughs> the government prepays for, the, for us to get that uh, support. And so one of the things that is very valuable is taking advantage of the support mm-hmm. and then, of course, passing it on.
1: True. Very true. So tell us about a failure that you've learned from in your current role
2: the the i can tell you that failure um came immediately when i first joined the organization really uh-huh. as i stated as i uh proposed for the city of san antonio i realized i wasn't prepared mm. i was not prepared when they when i went back and i got the feedback and they said it's uh, we want best value you didn't offer us anything so it's not just who you are but what you bring and so I learned early on, and it was a good wake-up call, that because, you know, we, we tend to think we know the best, that we're the best, and no one is out there. Well, that's really good. So when I started, I knew it and nobody else. Mm-hmm. And I just assumed, you know, that assumption thing, yeah. that everybody knew how great we were. And on the contrary, I learned early on, on that staffing agencies come with a bad reputation. Do they? they? Very bad bad reputation, and it's part of the understanding that it, because they're short-term, they never felt there was good quality people that could come from there. Well, that was something that we needed to educate our clients and our partners because they're not just clients, our partners. And how do we provide you the best personnel? And part of that was involving training and learning early on that. Our employees, and, and, and that's where the slogan came, the right person for the right job at the right time. Because I can tell you, uh, I helped with recruiting back in the uh, when we were smaller. Mm-hmm. And I would uh, tell folks, so tell me what you'd like to do. I'll do anything. No, no, please don't tell me that. I felt at the time it was more important for me to fill a position than to actually help the individual. Mm-hmm. Be thankful. I'm offering you this position. You want it or not? The attitude was the wrong one. And so, you know, you learn that. And so one of the things we learned is to ask the right question. What is it, you know, that you would like to do? And then made ourselves knowledgeable of not only our clients, but other people, our partners in the industry, other agencies who are hiring and needing this type of personnel. Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't have that position, but I know who does, and I'd love to share your information with them.
1: So you became a... Aid and assistance. You networked and connected with other agencies who you could give them potential workers that you didn't necessarily have a need for at that time.
2: No, and you know, and that that creates a great uh, partnership. And that those agencies said, "You well, know, you know what, Richard, I got these other folks coming that I don't utilize their their uh, talents on, so I'm going to send them to you." So you start to create that partnership, and you start to learn that there's so much business and that you can't do it. You can't take it all. Mm -hmm. All, You you might want to try, but you really can't. So the smart thing to do is have those partners in the industry, always know who you can turn to and they know who they can turn to you as well. Mm -hmm. That's good. And that's a great thing.
1: True enough because those partnerships can lead to bigger and better things as well. Because sometimes you see a contract or see an opportunity that you may not be able to handle, but if you have a good rapport with another partner agency or another agency, you two can go in together and make a difference, make and, an impact. And part
2: of that is even like city government, for instance. The city of San Antonio requires, even if you're a small business, that you subcontact to a small business. And we now have six small uh, minority women-owned small businesses that work with us. Mm-hmm. And for and so we're very fortunate that we have six partners. And when we went into the federal realm, we now received help from another agency who'd been there and done that. And so now we partner with them on the federal side. And so it's always is, you know, how do I partner with you? Because together we're stronger. You, you know, bring
1: value. Yes. You bring value. A value partner. No doubt. So tell us about a success you've had. Give us an example of a success or a story of success.
2: We've been very fortunate in that we um, we have a contract with the Department of State, Washington, D.C., U.S. Department of State. And when we went uh, after that contract, we were given the opportunity to take it on. Mm-hmm. And so upon our meeting, one of the things were – What the state, Department of State really wanted to do was focus on diversity and the need to have diverse group come in and to their interns as interns. And we took it to the next level and said, you know what? We don't feel like you're really reaching out to the right folks. Just because they're blonde-haired, blue-eyed doesn't mean they don't need the opportunity. We need to do an adversity program. Not a diversity but adversity so we created an adversity program for the Department of State and when we did with there was literally it was able to find out that we were not only reaching diverse group but we we're reaching a very adverse group who had to overcome challenges and went back to who we are in our mission of helping people and we've had some stories that would just break your heart if you heard them because one of the things that it requires is that it write an adversity an essay on adversity and what they had to do to overcome. and you learn very quickly when you start to feel sorry for yourself that you start to read these stories, how many folks have over, what they've overcome. And really what's really interesting is not only did they come this adversity, managed to keep a 4.0 all the way through high school and college, and you would think, how?" And, and so we were really pleased, and the, the state Department of State was really pleased that we were fortunate enough that we were able to find the right folks to be able to take advantages of what they were trying to give. And really it was really interesting in that. We were so uh, successful and in, in, in really with with the of course, the students who who responded, gave us their stories and shared their stories. And my gosh, what a great program that is. And we're very fortunate that we had that opportunity and that we were able to help students. Once again, it was about giving back and helping.
1: So that lended itself to your mission and the heart of your business.
2: Correct. And it also allowed us to understand more about helping more people.
1: What does success look like for you?
2: Success for me, you know, it's very fortunate in that I've had um I'll tell a quick story. I went to a client once, and uh, because we provide second chance uh, personnel opportunities, by around 200. And I remember going and sp- having a conversation with this organization, and they said, uh, How do you sleep at night? Knowing that you're giving these people a second chance, and you know, I just don't understand you. And I said, Well, let me explain something to you, sir. Every night when you go to bed, I want you to thank companies like myself, because those folks who are asking for a second opportunity are thought they're stealing, breaking into homes, doing things that are what they would have no other chance, choice to do in order to survive. Mm-hmm. They're being given opportunities, and the clients I have that given those opportunities, we're thankful to them, because those folks have the same success rate as folks people with zero on the crime record. They mm-hmm. have never gotten in trouble, and yet 80% of them are successful. And with the 2nd chance folks, 80% of those are successful. We didn't see no difference. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, uh, many of those are great employees that just wanted the opportunity, made a mistake. And so when I, we went back, and, and one of the things we do is we speak to them. And I'm fortunate I've had the opportunity with the sheriff's department to be able to speak to the folks. And I always tell them is, the difference between you and I was that I was never caught. (laughs) We make mistakes. There's not a person in the world who's never made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And the mistakes we made as young folks, you know, in school, we made some crazy things. And uh, I tell them is, I do remember going to a store when I was a young man and grabbing a, a gum. And it was a small grocery store, and I remember uh, the owner telling me, "Young man, what did you just take?" And I'm like, "Nothing." And they're like, "Open your, uh, take your hand out of the pocket." Sure enough, I had a piece of bubble gum. And she says, "You know, you owe me for that bubble gum. We don't, we, I could call the police and have you arrested." And I said, "Yes, ma'am, and I'm sorry." And I said, "Please don't tell my mom." And she said, "Oh no, your mom will hear." Her. About this. And I learned a the lesson then that, you know, she could have done that and call like, the police. and Because it was just a piece of government, but it was still theft. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say the difference is those who were caught and those who got opportunities, chance. I got the second chance. And she said, son, you ever want something work for it? And I said, well, ma'am, I don't have money and I can't find work. She said, well, you can work for us. So there you go. And so I was given an opportunity there and I've never, it's a lesson I learned year young. I probably was only about six or seven at the time, but it was a lesson I've never forgotten. And so one of the things that we've learned is that people do need second chances. Mm-hmm. And, and so many times it's even people, it has nothing to do with your criminal background. It has to do with a second chance and giving the right opportunity. And when you get that opportunity, if you take advantage of it, you can be very successful. And that's for small businesses as well. Mm -hmm. Small businesses can learn from that because the reality is many small businesses will take on an opportunity and fail. I've had a couple of small businesses that were failing with me, with our organization, and we simply said, okay, the assumption that they were prepared like we were was incorrect. And so we took them in and we trained them Mm -hmm. to make them to help them become successful. And they're one our strongest strongest supporters now. And so it was a matter of, like, we had the, the opportunity given to us. The opportunity has to be given to other folks as well. And when you think about success, success comes in when you're helping others because success returns. When you help others, it comes right back. True. And uh, I'm a Christian, so in the Bible says a thousandfold, and it's it's true. We've been very, very fortunate, very blessed, whichever people want to use, and we've been uh, to the point where we've grown as an organization. And, you know, it's very interesting in that I hear people say, I can't wait till I get my first $100,000 contract.
1: There's yeah. a lot of responsibility behind that.
2: Behind that. And I always tell them is, yes, you know, it's interesting. Now, it's, that was me. 11, 12 years ago, and now I try to look at a million dollars and up. Mm -hmm. Contracts that are much higher. And I said, but understand something. We are a prime on 50 contracts, and we're a sub on another 100.
0: Mm.
2: Wow. Business comes in many forms. And if you feel like you're too proud to take on the subcontracting role, I'm a sub and I'm a prime. I work with both and our organization is accepting because we can take on a subcontract today that's three positions, that's three more folks who get a career opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so it goes back to what your mission is and who you are as an organization, what you want to do to be successful, and how are you going to present that to a client,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. potential.
1: Because you want to, like you say, provide value. And value isn't always just filling out the application, putting in the points that are relevant based on the questions that they ask. You were creative in your State Department contract to give them something else to look at, and you provided value for them versus what the face of the initial contract was. Now, we know all of them aren't always that flexible, but the thing still becomes providing value for that particular client. Because as you learned, the city of San Antonio didn't want what you had to offer on the face because you thought you were. They wanted what they needed in order to accomplish the goal that they had in mind with that contract.
2: Yes, very much wow. so.
1: So if you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently, if anything?
2: I don't believe I'd change anything. You know, one of the things that you have to do is uh, as a small business, you need to learn. And many times... You can be the best carpenter, the best cement finisher, and the best co- uh, accountant. You can be the best at your position. doesn't guarantee that's going to be a great business. And so what you have to learn is how to communicate and how to create relationships. Without communication, you can't create a, a relationship. And in business, it's all about relationships. And 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 that's one of the things that's going to build you, as a business, is the relationships you build. And we call it networking. We, you know, we're we're very involved in that. I don't believe there's a small business event that I don't attend. And people say, I see you everywhere. That's my job.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's exa- If I wasn't here, then they'd be like, oh, that guy got, he started to rest on his laurels. No, today's success is tomorrow's failure. Never, never does it stop. You always continue and you always remember that. When you've done your job and you've done it pretty well, it didn't help the other probably million people, even though we're in a great success as far as the economy, even though today it's, it's the economy is kind of going because of the, the coronavirus. But the reality is we've been in a great situation. There's still... When you think about the population, you still think about one percent of unemployment. That's still over several million people who who aren't working and mm-hmm. they want the opportunity. And so our work is never done.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Our work will always be there because there'll always be someone who needs help.
1: So, any advice that you could give someone who is in your industry and. The theme that I keep hearing running through this is communication, providing value, relationships. Is there a formula that you may have used to develop those particular characteristics?
2: You know, it's funny because um, I'm going to age myself here. But uh, one of the things I grew up in and was uh, the sock hops. And even though it was towards the end of the, of the time when there was a sock hop, I was fortunate enough and Junior High, I remember going to the dances, and I remember, well, first of all, my sister forced me to dance with her when I was young, so I learned to dance. Business is, is the same way, and, and I have a program that I call Dance with the Girl You Took to the Dance. Mm-hmm. I happen to be at a, a training with the City San Antonio's Mentor-Protégé program, and where they train you, take you through several programs, finance, uh, all of the things you have to learn to be a small business, and one of them was marketing. Mm-hmm. And one of the gentlemen that was training it uh, was talking and, and, and made a statement about a 30-second elevator speech, which I'm not a real big fan of. I believe that 30-second elevator speech has people focused on themselves okay. or and or organizations. Mm-hmm. And successful organizations always focus on their potential client, not on themselves. It's not about you. It's never about us. And so when you learn not to worry about who you are or what you provide, you learn very quickly that your job is to research a potential client. And so that's what I told the class when I, he said, well, would you like to tell me what you think? And I said, yes. So my program, Dance with the Girl You Took to the Dance, really focused on the fact that when you went back in the day, you took a girl to the dance, you knew at the end of the night you're going to go back with home with her and you check her, but the whole night you were dancing because you had someone you with you. If you went and you focused on the young ladies who were on the bleachers waiting to be asked to dance, then basically you were forgetting about the girl you brought to the dance. We do that in business. We have, you know, and in the class, I asked how many all the folks that were in play, present. How many of you have up to five current clients? All the hands went up. How many you have? Ten. The lesson, and on and on. As I went on, the, the the numbers went up. Less, and I said, "Okay, so what are you doing for the five clients you have to help them be successful, and in turn making yourself successful?" And I said, "For instance, I have five clients I work with, and one of them is a construction organization, very successful construction organization. Having a conversation with him one day, and he said, Richard." I am trying to really put a good team together. And I said, well, you know, I've got four clients that are amazing. And together we bring sort of all the certifications that you could possibly utilize for government contracting, we bring. And they would be very successful with you. I'd love to introduce you with to them. And he says, really? And so I set up a luncheon. And I brought in the construction company's uh, manager and brought in the four other agencies that I was working with, brought them in and their ownership. When it was said and done, we created that team. And he said, Richard, let me tell you something. You will never lack for business while we're in business. Wow. And that is dance with the girl you took to dance. And I use that analogy. Mm-hmm. And I told him that. So when you think about what you're doing and the fact that you're so busy looking at the girls on the bleacher, other businesses, instead of focusing on the businesses you have, then you can't be successful. If you're so concerned about looking for that next great business, you forget that you've got some great businesses that, that you select to work with, just like the girl. Why did you take her to the dance? Was it you had a relationship with her? Was it something you were doing? It's the same form, the same ideal. Basically, is it because you feel like, oh, well, come on, pick any girl. Come on, I'm never going to do better. Come with me. Or do you actually do what most of us did? I was once young once and say, hey, what do you know about her? Talk to your friends, talk to her friends, and let her know that you're interested in you know going with her. And that was the same thing. I said, why do you pick a business that you don't know anything about? Why do you take business just to do business? If there's a reason for a business, then make it a valuable business. And the value that comes is what's in it for you because you're going to provide value to them, mm-hmm. but it's got to be the right value. And in return, it's got to be a value to you as well because business comes to you. So if you're going to perform, perform with the company you want to work with. Don't just take a contract. Just to say, I got a contract. Mm-hmm. And then fail because it was not a good contract. On the contrary, work with an organization and partner with that organization and never forget. Our city contract, now we're in our 10th year. Mm-hmm. We got re uh, uh, received the contract back after five years. One of the reasons we received that contract back was because I had nine city managers from the different departments saying we want them back. And we learned very quickly that our partnership with them allowed us to learn how we could be a benefit, a value, mm-hmm. and that communication, that relationships we built, really showed this, them. And we created several programs with the city. So just because the city is huge and has all this money and all this doesn't mean that they don't need us, the small businesses. They want what we know. Mm -hmm. They want to say, look, you do it well. Help us do our programs better Mm -hmm. with your knowledge. And so, therefore, focus on that agency you want to work with. And don't pick an agency just to pick them. Same thing we teach in the universities. When we teach at the uh, Workforce Development to the students, we tell them, why made you want to be in accounting? What made you want to select uh, human resource? What made you select the, the, the field of education you're in? And what are you looking to do once you get out of this? Who have you selected? Oh, I want to do an internship, but it makes no difference who, really. Why aren't you focusing on an internship that's going to help you gain your next career opportunity? That's going to help you get the knowledge you want to be successful. So it goes across the board. We really need to focus on being on our clients and on our students who are now focusing. We've actually had probably um, quite a bit of success teaching the workforce of limited the universities to the point where UTSA, we partnered with the University of Texas San Antonio to create a makerspace for the soft skills that many uh, commercial organizations state that, uh, well, Forbes did a study that 80% of all large corporations still say that most students coming out of the universities are missing the soft skills. They don't have soft skills, and therefore they're not being successful.
1: And those soft skills include what?
2: You know, it's funny. uh, Number one, communication.
1: Oh, key, key right there. And
2: we've been talking about communication. Isn't that something in that the main thing is we were the professor that we met with who happened to be the professor, uh, the department uh, for the STEM department. And we sat there and we looked at this group of about eight to 10 students. All of them with their earphones. All of them looking at the phones, all in a circle. But they were texting or playing a game, whatever they were doing, they were not communicating with one another. Not in the form we call communication. They were definitely good with, uh, and you know, tweeting and I'm sure texting and everything else, but that's not how what the companies are looking for. Well, you know what? As adults, we fell. Because when we go, that's part of that 30-second thing speech I was talking about. I call it product vomit. We go and we grab our stuff and we get in front of a manager and we just bombing all of them. Here's my stuff. Here's what I am. That 30 second elevator speech is not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, if I know I'm going to go meet with this manager and I know what the, need are, the needs are, I'm coming in with a proposal already because they tell you that in the first two minutes you gain the person's interest. And if you don't, They'll sit there and they'll close you really quickly, or they'll just be starting to move papers and do other things, and say, "Go ahead and go speak. Go ahead and speak," and uh, you've lost them
1: because they're not paying attention. They're because not paying attention. You're not providing any value to them because no. they want to know what's in it for me and how can you provide that.
2: What are you bringing to the table?
1: Right versus what are you doing and all the things that you do, but what is it for me?
2: Right. Yeah. What does how that helped me be successful? I have a vision. What do you know about my mission or my vision statements?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and you hear that in an interview where people say, oh, no, I didn't. I saw there was a job opening. I came to take it. Really. Again, it's that same same principle. You have to understand who the client is, what you bring to the table that's going to help them be successful and return, help you be successful. And so the main thing I would tell folks is if you're going to do a 30-second elevator speech, do it, but do it 30 seconds for that client. It is all about that client. Know that client so well that you know their mission statement, you know their core values, you know how you can help them meet that vision they have for the five years. You know what? This is what I can do to help you be successful. I realize this is an area that you could that you want to work with. So let's take that and let's help it move it. Let me help you move that. And here's what I bring to the table to help you do that. You will gain their understanding and you will gain a second, third interview, as they want to call them, before you get that business. But you'll get the business because they want to be successful. And if they get a client or a potential sub, anyone who they feel like can be help them be successful, they're going to bring you on. And so to me, I would tell any small business if you're looking to be successful, don't just take any company, mm-hmm. do your research. Learn all you can about that organization. Are you a match? Are you a good match? What value do you bring? If you don't bring value, as I stated, that's where I failed. I didn't bring value. You're not going to be successful. Find out what's a value to them and speak to that, and you will be successful.
1: Wow. Well, thank you, Richard. I love it. We appreciate you so much. Let us know. How can we contact you?
2: Two ways. are. Um, Email address would be actually tovar at lodresourcegroup.com or our 800 number actually is 844-357-0770. And if nobody's at the office, it comes to my cell, so it's always answered.
1: Wow. Well, thank you so much, Richard. We appreciate you and continued success in all of your endeavors. Thank you. This is an update for our Street Smart Entrepreneur Workshop. Street Smarts is for entrepreneurs, startups, and new ideas. If you are thinking about and are ready to start a new company, this is for you. Are you already in business and looking to raise capital? You will learn in this phenomenal webinar, protecting your ownership, choosing the right entity, pro forma, NDAs, and what investors are looking for. Join master business developer Rudy De La Gaza as he shares his expertise and experience in taking ideas and turning them into profitable businesses and corporations. Join us on May 4th. Wednesday, May 6th, and Friday, May 8th for an intense interactive webinar learning session that can catapult your business to the next level. We will no longer be at the Launch SA location at 600 Soledad. We will now be offering a webinar. Please register on Eventbrite today. For more information about any of our guests or if you have questions and comments, please email us at admin at And don't forget to check out our website, PlemonsCPA.com, for upcoming events and workshops in San Antonio.
0: David B. Plemons CPA, Inc. is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of David B. Plemons CPA, Inc. policy. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by David B. Plemons CPA, Inc., You should always consult your own investment advisors, attorneys, and accountants before making any decisions concerning your financial matters. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our office.